Welcome to the Queen City Podcast, brought to you by Dapper Apparel Company. My name is Dylan, and I am your host, and with me is Kevin Carter. Hi. Hey. I don't know what that intro was. I don't know either. I was going to say hello, and then I was like, I audible midway, and I just went, hi. Hey. <laughs> that was a two-hand, <laughs> two-hand shake way. Just hands. Okay. <laughs> um, what's up, Kev? Not much, man. Got a, a fucking pounding headache. Yeah. And... I'd want it. I'd, I'd rather be dead. To be perfectly honest with you, Dylan, <laughs> you found your remedy, though. <laughs> I did. My remedy was uh, Miller Lite. Mm. Shockingly enough, I tried Powerade. I tried Quick Release Tylenol. I tried food. None of it worked. Mm. But you get a little Miller Lite in like you. The sweet, sweet remedy of Miller Lite. Yep. It's been a while since we've done an episode. I know we say that every episode, but. <laughs> yeah. It's good to be back. It's good to be back in the saddle. Uh, we love coming on Queen City and letting loose a little bit. Um, sorry we missed out on the December show, but we've been uh, we took a little break from our other podcast. So obviously this one took the back burner as well. We wanted to observe the holidays and uh, just spend some time and decompress a little bit. Yep. So uh, how you been, Kev? I've been good. Um, I just came back off of nine days of vacation, which was sick. It spoiled me to no end, mm-hmm. um, having to getting to stay up till three a.m. and not having an alarm in the morning because I'd stay up till three a.m. anyway, right? Yeah. But that first night of vacation, because I have a little like Amazon whatever uh, Google Dot or whatever in my room, and every night I'll be like, "Hey Google, set an alarm for yada yada." And I, I laid down that first night. I was like, "Ah, oh, <laughs> doing it right now, doing it right now." Um, but I didn't have to do that yesterday, and it was fucking, or not yesterday, but the first day, and it was awesome. Oh, yeah. Just laying your head down and knowing you don't have an alarm for the next nine days is something that you can't really replace a feeling like that. Yeah. You know? Like, I had a plan. Like, I was just going to do, like, I was just going to clean, deep clean my apartment. First day, I was like, no, you know what? I'm going to take it easy today. I got I got nine days on vacation left. Second day, I was like, oh, God, I don't want to fucking clean. But I went and I got some stuff to clean my bathroom. And I, I did. I deep cleaned my bathroom that day. I was scrubbing in there. And then nothing. Yeah. You only <laughs> need one day of productivity to justify yeah, didn't do shit. I was like, I, I really needed to do a shitload of laundry. I planned on like getting rid of 90% of my T-shirts. Um, but I have to wash them first, you yeah. know. Uh, I mean, I don't have to. Like, I wore them once for a couple of hours probably. Mm-hmm. They're probably still fine. But I, just for my own personal, I need to wash them. But... Um, yeah, that, so that was my, like, I was going to do like all of my, like wash all 9,000 shirts that I have. I was going to like really clean my kitchen. I cleaned it, but not like a deep clean and really just get my shit organized. <laughs> Didn't do any of that. Yeah. I, I scrubbed my bathtub and my sink and my toilet. And I was like, well, <laughs> time to play PlayStation for yeah. the next eight days. I mean, also it's vacation. So yeah. Treat yourself. Yeah. I needed it. I hadn't had two days off consecutively for uh, a month and a half or so. So yeah. Yeah, and I, I've got some a stretch of days coming up like that, and I'm looking forward to it. I'm actually going on a little vacation. Nice. So that'll be fun. Where are you headed? Uh, Virgin Islands. Oh, hell yeah. places. So it's it's really cheap to travel right now. Go figure. Yeah, um, shocking. But still in the United States. So a um, lot, lot more to go with traveling. So you, and you can take the pros and the cons. I'm just looking forward to getting out of ohio for a few days and yeah. you know i think that's what i need to i need to just get the fuck out of cincinnati for a little bit mm-hmm. go somewhere Especially else just like you're stuck at home a lot like yeah. this past year has really 
been strenuous. So, you know, I mean, I like being at home. That's where all my stuff is. You yeah. Know? <laughs> so yeah. There's nothing wrong with that. But I do every every once in a while. I get I, I, it. It takes me a while, but I do get a little bit of cabin fever, and I'm just like, I need to go fucking somewhere. Yeah. Yep. Uh, so nine days. That's awesome. Yeah, it was great. Um, also, we don't talk about it a whole lot, but go check out Dapper Apparel Company. My yes. brother. Uh, my brother has been working on that for a few years now, and there's a lot of cool stuff. Uh, I got some sweatshirts from him for Christmas, and it's really cool what he's got going on. Really soft material. And, you know, support a local business, dapperperil.co. And he's always dropping new stuff. Um, and there's always clearance stuff on there, too, if, if you're looking for a bargain. So uh, I don't think we mentioned that enough. Yeah. Because Dalton used to produce uh, the podcast for us. Now it's just me and Kev. But, um, yeah, I, I still want to make sure we, we put Dalton in there a little bit. Yeah. You want to mention that promo code? Yeah. Uh, Queen City, you get 15% off your order. So that's, go. that's still going on. I know we mentioned it a long time ago, but uh, all caps, Queen City, you can get 15% off your order if it's your first time. So uh, get in there. Sell the deal. Uh, so things to keep you up at night. We're going to get into that. Kevin, I'll let you go first. What keeps you up at night, Kev? Uh, so for the last two, three weeks now, uh, just to thinking about how big of a piece of shit my younger brother is <laughs> for beating me in our Final, fan- our Final Fantasy, our Fantasy Football Championship game. Uh, he won last year as well, so he's a back-to-back champion, which Ooh, makes it even more yeah. annoying because he got to send a picture of him kissing the belt that night, and he gets to keep it for another year, and that's really fucking annoying. Plus, it's my brother. Plus, I... I <sighs> All right, so I have Pat Mahomes, right? Top three fantasy quarterback. Derrick Henry, rushed for 2,000 yards. And Nick Chubb, right? Mm-hmm. So three of the best fantasy players in in the league this year, right? And so I was like, oh, cool. I'm going to win for sure. <laughs> that was the – don't worry about it. We're that, keeping that. That was, that was the alarm that I set, dude, like two minutes ago. <laughs> <laughs> On accident. So, yeah, we'll keep that in. Fuck it. <laughs> Because I was an idiot. Um, anyway, uh, yeah. So I, I you know, I, I was like, I coming into it, I was like, yeah, I've got so much firepower, like horsepower. Like he had Ty- Tyree Kill, which you know is a counter to me having Pat Mahomes and mm-hmm. whatever. But I was like, I still got, I've got the horses, right? So Nick Chubb gets game scripted out, uh, and then I have AJ Brown as well, great receiver for the Titans, one of the best fantasy receivers this year. And I was like, all right, cool. I got, I got, I'm, I'm barely down. I got uh, – oh, my God. I'm drawing a blank. I've got two of the best fantasy players ever, right, or this year. Yeah. And, and, but they're in Green Bay, and what what do you know? It's a fucking blizzard. <laughs> and so the Titans have no offense. I mean, he had a Titan, too, who scored zero points. But I'm like, these are my, these are my guys. These are the guys I needed to score points. Um, the Chiefs played a shitty game, so Patrick Mahomes scored, like, his lowest point total. So everything worked out perfectly for this motherfucker. <laughs> And I just, it's just so, so stupid. Like I had like three of my guys drop touchdowns, which would have put me over the edge. So Ben, I know you're going to listen to this and you know, I wish you were dead, bud. You know what? It doesn't help that he's a redhead. No, it doesn't. Nothing good should happen to redheads. Well, you know, he's got enough room for all those championships because he doesn't have a soul. So (laughs) he's got plenty of room. (laughs) That would keep me up at night. I, it it's, just pisses me about pisses your little brother too. Like, yeah, it's he's such an asshole. Mm-hmm. I, mean, I love him to death. But Anything man, for them to hold it over. What you. a piece of shit. You know, like yeah, yeah whatever. And I'll get him next year. Yeah, 
It's the thing is thing is too. Like I've been in this league for a little over ten years. I've won it once, but I've also I've been in the finals, like the championship game, like six times. Jesus. And so that is like the ultimate. Like I'd almost rather You're not the make the playoffs Bills in the eighties. Yeah, dude, I really am. <laughs> it sucks. I'm I'm in the finals game like every other year. It sucks. Always a bridesmaid, never the bride. That's right. That's me. I've let like three new champs into the champion circle. I'm just a really, really, really depressed about it. <laughs> we need to get the monkey off your back. Yeah, I, I need to. Good. I need to, man, because I'm sick of having good teams and not winning with them. I'm just having yeah. bad luck. Um, so things that keep me up at night. Yeah. This one's a tough one. This one is a tough one because it affects me and my younger brother. Actually, now we're talking about it as well. So we did a really fun episode for our other podcast, Off the Beaten Clef, which you guys haven't listened to yet. Uh, it's a lot of fun. It was a lot of fun. Um, we did a top five songs of 2020. Uh, Kevin and his aforementioned brother, Ben. It was a really good episode. It was about two hours long, um, but it I didn't think it was like too long. I thought it, it went perfect, and I went home went home and started editing it and my computer crashed never got an opportunity to save it so now the podcast is just in the clouds somewhere it's uh it's with harambe somewhere that's <laughs> yeah. that's that's where i found peace is knowing it's with harambe somewhere and harambe is listening to it smiling i certainly and, hope so um we'll add our uh, playlist for the top five songs of 2020 uh, from off the beaten cleft, we'll add it in the show notes if you guys are interested in it. It was a it was a great episode, and I'm really bummed that the world didn't get to hear it. Yeah, there's a lot of really good like banter in that episode too. I trashed on Eminem, which is pro- oh, yeah. I think Eminem honestly might have hacked my computer and crashed it <laughs> be- because he heard all the slander. Because I was coming at him pretty hard. Yeah, I think you called him a bitch. You were going to expose him for being I a bitch. I think I said I would fight him. And I would expose him for being not as tough. Yeah. Because I'm a wuss, but I also know that I could hold my own against him. <laughs> um, I was on one that day. I don't know what was going on. Maybe You've been on one for I, a couple <laughs> weeks since that episode. Every TikTok you see that trashes Eminem, you send a, the, the group chat you have with me and my brother. And it's like, come on, bud. Is this really the hill you want to die on today? <laughs> yeah. I see. I saw a TikTok the other day where he, this guy walks up and touches the a coffee pot and it's really hot. He goes, the coffee pot is hot. <laughs> yes, him and him doing it. Um, so anyway, yeah. Maybe someday my computer will just regenerate it. That's just the optimist. That'd be great. Um, but this is this is uh, tentatively tr- uh, titled Untitled 2 because Untitled 1 was our, our top five of 2020. <laughs> um, so anyway, it was a rough couple weeks for me. After that, I didn't really want to podcast. I thought I was, you know, I should hang up the towel. I screwed up the audio on another off the bean clef, and, you know, then we had a catastrophic meltdown. I was like, what am I doing being in charge of the nah, audio? You're good, bud. Um, so anyway, things that keep you up at night, that was a pretty good one, I think, for both of us. I think last time we said it should be minor inconveniences. Yeah, it's really what it is. It's just, <laughs> it should be called first world problems is what and things that keep you up at night should be. Uh, so beer of the show, we really don't have one. Um, Miller Lite. Miller Lite. Actually, I drank I drank one too at dinner. There you so, go. Yeah, uh, beer of the show is Miller Lite, uh, crisp, refreshing, ninety nine calories. I think <laughs> only one more than Miller Michelob Ultra. Yeah, suck it, Michelob. Mick Mick Ultra is fucking terrible. Like I talk shit about like Bud Light and Miller. Actually, I really like Miller Light, but like Bud Light's terrible. Most of these light beers are terrible, but mm-hmm. Mick Mick Ultra and Mick Light are fucking garbage. Yeah, like it's it's the worst light beer. 
I think. They get fixated on the carbs and the calories, and it's like, I would rather drink Natty Light than this garbage. If you're, if just drink liquor. If you, you, you don't drink beer because you think it's good for you. Yeah. You know, it's like that old bit that Bill, Bill Burr had. It's like, you don't go to fucking McDonald's because it's good for you. You go there because you're drunk or you're a kid. Yeah. Like, fuck, fuck McDonald's making salads. Like, Budweiser shouldn't make a low-calorie option. You should make Budweiser and Bud Light for people that don't want to taste Budweiser. That's it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you ready to get into Hype Corner? Yeah, I think so. Okay. I'm not going to have a full two minutes here. That's fine. I think <laughs> uh, we put three minutes on ourselves, and we I think you went two minutes last time. Oh. So. It's a record for me. Yeah. In all things. <laughs> That's like triple. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my marathon runner. <laughs> Did I, does that factor in going and smoking a cig? Yeah. <laughs> oh, God. Jesus Christ. Okay. Dude. All right. Hype corner. Kevin, you can go first. All right. Uh, ready? One, two. All right, so my hype corner, I've realized this, you know, not necessarily like recently, but recently in my life, that being an adult is actually pretty fucking cool. You know, everybody complains like, oh, being an adult sucks. Like, it's this very like millennial Gen Z thing to say. Adulting is hard. Oh, I hate adulting. Go, go, go. Like my post. (laughs) (laughs) Who who can relate? Adulting is hard. Yeah, anybody, you know, over the age of 20 should be able to relate to that. But yeah, I get it. Yeah. Like paying bills sucks, you know, having responsibility sucks. But on the flip side of that, I think I realized this a couple years ago when I was driving home from work and I was like, you know what? It's 11 o'clock. I want a chocolate shake and French fries. And you know, what's awesome. I'm an adult that makes money so I can go get a chocolate shake and some French fries. Yeah. And it was awesome. Like, I, if I was 12 years old, you know, it's the same cravings I had when I was at, like, I'd wake up at midnight. Oh, I want a chocolate shake, and I want some French fries. But I couldn't do it, because I one, I couldn't drive. Two, yeah. I didn't have any money. And three, my parents wouldn't let me. But now, none of those, they have none of those obstacles. And so being an adult fucking rocks, okay? I can buy any video game I want, anytime I want. I can go anywhere I want, anytime I want. And it's it's cool. I mean, yeah, paying bills sucks, but also... Being caught up on all your bills, it feels awesome. Like if you're not, if you like, yeah, people are in debt, but if you're up to date on stuff, because I've there was a long period in my twenties where I just wasn't up to date. I was like late on everything and wasn't good with my student loans. But like I'm in front of stuff now, and that feels awesome. Like I've like that's a, that's a feeling you can only get from having debt and being and quote unquote adulting or hashtag adulting. So I think in the long run, like being an adult actually kicks ass. Oh yeah, like. Yeah, paying like I hate getting money and then handing it immediately right back. But then knowing that you're not gonna have to worry about like if I want to like I get a fucking thrill of seeing my credit score go up. Yeah, <laughs> you know. And I, I think a lot of that is like people not wanting to accept responsibility. Yeah. But also like you take the good with the bad. You hated not having freedom when you were young, and yep. now that you're older and you have that freedom, all you have to do is take care of the the things that are tough. Yeah. And then you get all the freedom in the world. Right. It's like do a little fucking work. Like life isn't easy, mm-hmm. but if you do all the shit that's that's shitty, everything else fucking is so much better than being a kid. Oh yeah, like you can do all that stuff you wanted to do as a kid. You can just do it. So yeah, being an adult is awesome. And if I if you are saying hashtag adulting sucks, grow up. Yeah, that's basically what I'm saying. 
243. Yeah. Let's go. That. Wow. You, I almost had to cut you off. No, I know. Shoot. <laughs> Shit. <laughs> um, That's the responsible adult in me. Yeah. I had yeah. that internal clock. If you don't finish your hype corner 15 seconds early, you're finishing it late. That's right. <laughs> 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 oh, okay. Christ. Um, <laughs> What's your hype corner? Too? Okay. Uh, so we're going to get into some of the things I'm going to talk about here in a little bit. But my hype corner is HBO Max. Uh, it's the best streaming service out there right now, oh, without a doubt. Um, Netflix... Take the good with the bad. There's a lot of trash on Netflix. Yep. There's a lot of pseudo lifetime hallmark shit that you have yeah. to wade through. Uh, a lot of things that are highly anticipated, and they just I I don't know what the stigma is with like everyone wants everything on Netflix. Like it's not the end all be all. There's a lot better streaming services, and HBO Max is a great example for that. They have a lot of H HBO Max is like an addition to HBO, so it has HBO Max original content that I'm going to get into in a little bit, but. Uh, just HBO's been killing it. I we're gonna talk about a lot of documentaries. There's a lot of good TV shows, and there's just so much. They add movies. There's a lot of DC movies. All the Batman's are on there. Um, Batman the animated series is on there. It's just a lot of cool stuff. That it's only eleven ninety nine a month. That's cheaper than Netflix right now. Yeah, it's a lot cheaper and than Netflix. Netflix just bumped it up to like eighteen bucks a month. And plus, you get all the old HBO properties. Yep. You can go back and watch Six Feet Under. You can go back and watch True Detective. There's just so many positive things that are going in the right direction for HBO Max. And I'm very happy that I did the $11.99 for the first year. And I think if anyone is like on the fence or they're pissed that the office left Netflix and they're looking to cut Netflix out, HBO Max is a great option. And this is not a paid advertisement. I wish it was. Yeah. But I am just like very thrilled and I haven't been really looking at other streaming services because HBO Max has so much for me to look through. Mm -hmm. So that was our hype corner. That was pretty good. Yeah, that wasn't bad. Uh, we're going to get into news and sports. Kevin, I'll let you go first. Uh, I don't have much other than my fantasy disappointment, um, but Joe Burrow, uh, great white hope for Cincinnati, uh, is on track to start week one. So he's he's six weeks out of surgery on his knee. He's going to start throwing in February. He hasn't started running yet, but that's good. I, I'm glad uh, Burrow's back. We hired an offensive coordinator or, or, sorry, an offensive line coach that is really well respected around the league. So hopefully that helps a little bit. Uh, I would love to see them spend some in free agency on some linemen that are going to be available. So we don't necessarily have to do it in the draft. I mean, that's picking fifth makes getting uh, that Sewell guy out of Oregon a little bit more tenuous. Uh, I think the only people in front of us that would take him are maybe maybe the Dolphins, but I think they'd probably take Jamar Chase or Devontae Smith before us. Um, anyway, I'm kind of trailing off. I would be off. really excited about Devontae Smith if I were a house I don't, I don't, Or if I was uh, – Here's the, the thing. I've seen guys like Devontae Smith in the league a lot, and the only one that's ever really panned out was um, – what the hell's his name from the Eagles? Like, uh, Deshaun Jackson? Yes, Deshaun Jackson. I mean, he's taller than Deshaun Jackson, but skinny, fast guys don't really pan out that well in the well, NFL. Like Randall Cobb, too. Yeah, but, I mean, Randall Cobb's thick, though. Like, Devontae Smith is skinny, skinny. Like, he's, he's skin and bones. And that can work. I mean, there's certainly guys that have been relatively successful, but as a guy that can, like, kind of take over, like – I don't think he's that guy. Yeah, you know, I don't think he's the he's gonna he's not gonna be your one A forever. I could be wrong, but playing against you know 
SEC def- defenses is a lot different than playing against NFL defenses. So sure. they're bigger, they're faster, they're stronger. And guys like that typically fade into the background pretty quick. I'd take somebody like uh, Jamar Chase or something like that. Somebody who's got some meat on their bones and, you know, it's still pretty quick and can, you know, has NFL skill sets. So mm-hmm. we'll see. I could be wrong. I just don't, I don't tr- ever trust like skinny speed guys in the NFL. They just, they're, they're just, people are too big and they're still just as fast. So, yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's an exciting time for Bengals. And it was, it was exciting to see some, some uh, video clips of, Joe Burrow walking around yeah. and like just seeing him a little bit back to normal because it was it looked season or like career ending his injury. Yeah, it, it's 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 good to see. I mean, Deshaun Watson had the, pretty much the same injury in early in his career, and look what he's done since then. Yeah. So it wasn't Alex Smith bad, but it was bad. No, yeah, for sure. Um, we'll see. I think the AFC North's going to be interesting for a, little, a few years. I think the Browns are going to have maybe one or two more years of being this good because they can't afford to pay all these people. They just can't. So they're, they're going to be interesting for a couple of years. We'll see how they can, if they can maintain like the Steelers have for years. I don't think they can. I just don't think their owner is good enough at it. If Ben retires, the Steelers are in up, a, you know, up a Creek without a paddle. And then the Ravens are the Ravens. They're just going to kind of be that kind of eight, nine, 10 win team. They're going to win some games. They're going to lose some games. So I still think it's one of the toughest divisions in football. Um, it's just – I just hope the Bengals can, you know, come up to snuff with that and finally break their 30-year playoff win drought. So Yeah. Yeah, it's it's demoralizing to see the Browns win one before the Bengals. Yeah, I mean, I'm glad that the Steelers didn't win. Right. Because, you know, fuck the Steelers. I'm just, I'm just pissed it was the Browns that did it to them. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's like, I don't know. They just annoy me. Yeah. The Browns annoy me, but I don't hate them. Like, I hate the Steelers, so. Yeah. Um, so, a little bit of news. The Office left Netflix, which I mentioned a little bit earlier. Yep. Left it on January 1, and you would have thought, you know, there was a world crisis going on. But, honestly, guys grow up. The Office is... Ke- Kevin and I are not the Office... This is not an Office Pro podcast. <laughs> it's not It's not it's, a... It's not an anti-office podcast, but it's certainly not like we. I, I think it's overrated. It's so overrated. I, I get it brings comfort and like being able to just put it on and be able to work around your house and yeah. stuff. That's that's something, but you can still go to Peacock. It leaving Netflix does not erase it from existence, and you can also buy the DVD bundles. There's just so many other options. And complaining about it leaving Netflix, they warned us like two years ago. Yeah, you've had plenty of time. Uh, yeah, and you know is what it is but it went to peacock and i think peacock's free right now there's like a free version and then there's also a 499 where you get behind the scenes of the yeah. office but at so least yeah i think season it. season one and two it's 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 so funny that they're basing their subscription model around how much office you want to watch because they know that's the only thing people are going to go to the peacock for at least but most if people I, if i were an nbc programming place and i was like we have this entity that we're barely making any money on well, it's being streamed billions of times on Netflix. Why wouldn't we just take it for our own? Yeah, no, I Let get the it. Contract run its course, and then we'll incentivize people to come to ours, and they'll find things that they like. I, I mean, I think it's awesome that they're being honest about it. It's like we know why you're here. Yeah, here are the here are the packages you get. That if you, how much depending on how much you want, how much office content you want. It's, it's their whole subscription and I think they're model. They're hoping they're, they'll find a way to make people stay. Which I think the office paying four ninety nine a month for the office exclusively. I think people would do that, honestly. Yeah, I think people would too, but I mean... They're also paying 15 bucks a month to to watch Netflix, and they're only watching The Office. Yeah, right, exactly. So, I mean, again, it's it's funny to me. I would never do it. 
I mean, NBC has a lot of really good like content they could stream on that. It's just, you know, where they have contracts out still with other streaming services. I just, I think we're getting to a point now where if every single network has its own streaming service, it's going to be so prohibitively expensive to watch anything that you want to watch that people are just going to go back to cable. Like cable, cable companies like, like this, there's a reason they're not panicking because they know what it's like, Time is a flat circle. They're not. They they're not idiots. Back. It's like they see the pricing of these things, and like, yeah, Netflix was worrying for a little bit, and then Hulu, yeah, Hulu was a little bit worrying, but now that we've got HBO Max, we've got Peacock, we've got, you know, there's separate places you can watch cart- the cartoons that you want. There's Boomerang. Yeah. Boomerang's been around forever. If you want to watch like old Looney Tunes, which I love old Looney Tunes, but every single network has their own stream. Like, there's Discovery Plus. There's a Nat Geo streaming service. It's like. And they all cost ten bucks. It's like yeah. cable only costs like sixty bucks, and you get all these channels. Yeah, I, I think cable was getting out of hand. They were just jacking up prices and yeah. trying to bundle things. And it's like I don't need a home phone. Yeah, I, yeah. You know, so I think it might humble them. It might correct the issue, but also, I think you're right. I think this is like a uh, uh, field of dreams situation where it's like people will come, Ray. They'll yeah. be back. They'll be back. Uh, the thing is, like, the cable will always be the most viable option for people that love sports. Like, the, I don't have any any cable whatsoever unless football's on. I have, I've had YouTube TV. Yeah. But even that's, like, there's still a delay. Like, I want to, people that want to watch sports, they want to see it as it happens because they're talking with their friends about it and they don't want to get shit spoiled for them as they're talking with their friends. You know what I mean? Yeah. So that is the best way to watch sports still. And that's what's always going to keep me at least somewhat connected to cable is sports. Um, now I'm going to cancel my YouTube TV subscription until football comes back because I don't need to pay $80 a month for red zone. Right. <laughs> when red zone isn't on, you when know, it's just saying like, I'm literally, we'll I'm literally soon. paying 80 months for, for just to watch red zone. Yeah. So, I mean, what I, but I need it. Like that's the way I watch football now. So, yeah, I mean, this turned into a discussion about something completely different no, than what you were talking kind of about. Goes but hand in hand, yeah. like people relying on the the relying on Netflix just for the office. Yeah, um, you know, you, it's your own fault. You knew it wasn't going to last forever. Yeah, it's Scrubs the, didn't stay on there forever. Yeah, but, Scrubs is so much better, and it's on Hulu. So, yeah. It, um, yeah, let's get into movies. Yes, uh, I've got the first one, yeah. Class Action Park on HBO Max. It is a riot. Yeah, that's this one I need to watch. It I'll give you my HBO Max um login. It is crazy the amount of things. This is uh, about a park called Action Park back in the 80s. It was in New Jersey. A lot of people came down from New York City, but basically this guy had free reign. He was the guy that worked um in the stock exchange in New York City and he kind of got booted from it and he had all this money. He's like, "You know what? I'm going to build a theme park." And he didn't get any permits. <laughs> he just like built this, or he took, bought off this old, uh, what's it called? Ski resort. Yeah. And turned it into like a big old action park. And he built all these rides based on what he wanted to see. He didn't have it. He built it all just based out of his own imagination. And it sounds really cool, but it was also really dangerous. Yeah. Because you don't get the right permits. You don't have people inspecting things like you do nowadays. It was just like a lawless place where teenagers could roam free. And it's kind of like a, a haven for kids, but also a place where kids could get really hurt. And I thought the documentary did a really good job of showing like the fun parts of it, 
but also the kids had the some of the kids had the like the narrow mindedness to be like or like the straight headedness enough to be like this was a shit show. Yeah, uh, it was there was just no rules like lifeguards weren't really watching. There was a kid that died in the wave pool. I'm not going to spoil the whole documentary, but it is just a like jaw dropping. It's one of those documentaries you're like. Holy shit. Yeah. There's no way all that was real. But well, yeah, it's like Operation Odessa, like yeah. the one I told you about. It's like, oh, oh, the, we, this, this drug dealer was just trying to buy a Russian sub in the 80s. That's weird. <laughs> I didn't yeah. know that happened. Um, didn't know, correct me if I'm wrong, didn't Johnny Knoxville do like a mockumentary about this a couple of years ago? He did. He got yeah. really hurt doing it as yeah. well. Yeah. Yeah, there was a, a, without spoiling the documentary too much, there's a, a loop ride that they did, and it was like you go down real steep, and then you do a big loop, and then you come out. And when he was experimenting with it and trying to perfect it, instead of like paying engineers to like figure it out, he was paying kids a hundred bucks to go down it. And kids were like getting stuck in the loop. Teeth were teeth were getting stuck in the top Ugh. because people were cracking their teeth. So then the next kids would go up, and they would get scrapes, and they couldn't figure out why they were getting scrapes. And they opened it up, and there were a bunch of teeth. That's fucking stuck gross. That's so gross. <laughs> so it, that's just like a good example of like there were just no rules. This guy just did whatever he wanted, and they tried to like sue him and say that you know he wasn't paying his permits, and then he just became such a bad tenant that they sold it back to him. So this guy just like never <laughs> had any repercussions to his actions. Jesus. Just a slimy eighties um, businessman. Yeah, and it was. It was a fun ride, but also like holy hell, that this just that would not happen today. No, absolutely not. But yeah, class action park is what it's called, and it was amazing on HBO Max. Oh yeah, I think you're up. Next. Me, huh? All right. Well, so Prime Video has some of the best B movies selection out there. And if you're a frequent listener, you know Kevin likes his B-movies. I love, love shitty movies. They're my favorite. I watch Rift Tracks. I watch Mystery Science Theater 3000 all the time. I've been watching a lot of that still. I always do. It's like my – that's my office is yeah. Mystery Science Theater 3000. I'll just throw that on as background noise and laugh at some jokes every now and again. Um, but Velocipaster, it's exactly what it sounds like. <laughs> I read it as Velociraptor. Nope, it's Velocipaster. Okay. It is about a pastor – that gets cursed by an old artifact and he turns into a velociraptor from time to time. And it's, it's one of those one. it's not like a B movie where like they were tr- like earnestly trying to make a good movie. It just is like a really bad movie. Like the room, this one, they were like trying to make a bad movie and, but it, it, uh, typically I don't like those cause they try too hard, but this one got it just right. Like the humor spot on and it's just, it's so, so, so funny. Like I went over to my buddy's house and we had a, a group of friends and we were watching it and like we, I was literally crying and snorting laughing and the, the, the girl next to me, Ashley, she, she, she was crying, like literally crying tears for like the last 20 minutes as we were watching it and yeah, it's just it was it's just one of the funniest movies I've seen in a long time, and uh, you know it's right up there with Roller Gator. Roller Gator is one of the, the worst movies I've ever seen, but it's 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 truly truly funny. Um, is it is it like uh, should we do like a scale like a Sharknado scale? Oh, this is full Sharknado. This really? is this is Sharknado, but funnier. Really? Yeah, oh yeah, this is funnier than Sharknado. Okay. I think. Maybe so, it's because I they, I just I'm on Sharknado overload, but this is like Sharknado inspired the, the, this film certainly. Oh yeah. Uh, 
it was made in 2019 and it, I think it's gotten such a cool, like big, like underground success. They're making a Velocipaster too. I think with the budget for it was like thirty thousand dollars. <laughs> so you can imagine how good the special effects are. Yeah. There's this there's a whole scene in the middle of the movie where it explains the this long backstory of one of the like side characters. And it's one of the funniest like had ten to fifteen minutes of a movie I've ever watched. Jeez. It's so, so, so funny, dude. And like I said, I don't typically don't like B movies that try to be B movies, but this one does it really, really well. Like the writer, um, whoever this rich guy is, who just got a bunch of his friends together and said, "Hey, let's make a shitty movie." And they they're good at it. Yeah. So I highly, highly recommend Velocipaster. There's also a movie on there that my buddy, that buddy has house I went to. He watched the night before called Lamageddon, and we watched the trailer for it, and it looks awesome. So I'll be watching Lamageddon sometime soon. Um, but yeah, Prime Video. If you're looking for like really really bad b movies chef's kiss their <laughs> their their selection is incredible oh yeah they it's like uh like the cheap rentals at blockbuster you remember yeah. those oh yeah that's kind of what it reminds me of you get down there and it's just like very corny graphics yeah, and stuff that's and, we, me and my buddy would do that adam the guy whose house i went over um that's what we would do in high school we'd go like on the weekends and we'd rent two really ch- terrible. Like did we tried to find the worst horror movie we could find? Yeah. And it, it actually led to one of the most disturbing movies I've ever seen in my life. But that's what we did. We have a love that we had, we both have a love of like just horrible, horrible movies. So yeah, sometimes I can bring more laughs than, Oh yeah, they were great. Than uh, humor. I prefer, than- I prefer shitty movies over like movies that try too hard to be earnest and like, teach you a lesson it's like fuck off yeah well how do you know more than me yeah (laughs) you've got billions of dollars (laughs) on this cast i don't want to hear from you so uh next one i got is wonder woman 1984 it was released in theater and on hbo max on christmas day and it's going to be available on hbo max till january 24th so if you don't want to pay for it and you want to do like a free subscription hbo max you still got an opportunity to watch it I've heard mixed reviews. I'm not into Wonder Woman enough to watch it by myself. Does that make sense? Like, yeah, no, I get it. If we were doing it for like a podcast or yeah. like if I had an incentive to watch it, like some, I was hanging out with someone that wanted to watch it, that would be different. I'm the same way. It took me forever to watch the first Wonder Woman. It's just, I'm not a big DC guy. Yeah. So the first one was fine, but fine. like I didn't go, like, I can't wait for the next one. I'll watch this one because of Gal Gadot. Yeah. I, for sure. Hands down, one of the top five most beautiful people on the face of the planet right now. So, oh, no doubt. Yeah, it's definitely worth watching it just for her and nothing else, really. And it looks fun. Yeah. It's fine. It looks kind of mindless, which is fine. Superhero movies don't have to be. That's something that I don't like about the Marvel movies is I felt like a lot of them tried too hard to like be like, oh, we're so serious. Like superheroes are dark and gritty. Like, nah, they don't have to be. They can yeah. be fun and stupid. That's, That's what, why I like Shazam so much. Yeah. <laughs> Shazam is awesome. Yeah. I, I thought you were talking about Kazam at first, the Shaq Genie movie. And I was <laughs> like, Kazam oh, no. Too. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, the I got a, a couple more that are from HBO. Uh, the Bee Gees, How Can You Mend a Broken Heart on HBO. A phenomenal documentary, dude. I, I knew about the Bee Gees. I knew enough, but I did not know that much in depth. Their story is pretty cool, if I remember correctly. Like when they were young, and like they were just a garage band and somebody walked by and heard them or some shit like that. Yeah, they just three brothers who learned to harmonize with one another. Yeah. And it's just like a really cool, 
I, I have three brothers, so I can kind of see where, like, you just grow up and you kind of can play off each other really well, but it also can cause some rifts, and it's cool. I think there's only one BG still living, so it was kind of him leading leading the trail on the documentary, and they were showing old interviews and stuff, and just how long they went. They They were at the tail end of the Beatles, yeah, and then they went all the way into the 90s, and that's really impressive to be that be able to go that long and be able to adapt with the times especially like doing the kind of like disco tech music that they did like that's crazy and before that they were you know a band band Mm -hmm. and it's just they were one of the first people to use loop tracks because their drummer was out so they like spliced um the drums from staying alive into another song and this is like it's crazy that uh there was a lot of innovation and it's a band that you hear and you're like oh yeah the bgs but like I didn't know that much about them. They're so. legitimately good too. Like if you dig into some of the, cause I got kind of into the Bee Gees, like not like into, into, but I got curious about their story a couple of years ago. They're legitimately good. And I think that's part of why they lasted so long is that they were actual musicians. So they had a good musician's ear. They weren't just three brothers that could sing and harmonize that a studio put shoved in a, like a, a recording booth and made him sing. Yeah. They actually had like musical sensibility and, you know, we're able to make good music. They wrote all their songs in the studio. Yeah. The day of. And that's so unheard of. That's cool. Bands take their time with music and they like write their lyrics for a while and write music. It's just like being able to put out that many albums and be that like the Beatles are the same way. They wrote a lot of their songs in the studio. Mm-hmm. That is so such a foreign concept now. Um, so, yeah, it was just a really cool documentary. It's called How Can You Mend a Broken Heart on HBO. Last thing I got for movies which is still kind of in the documentary realm, uh, the mystery of DB Cooper on HBO. This is so up your alley. It hurts. Oh man, <laughs> it hurts so I bad. I, have you not talked about like dug into DB Cooper at all before this? I knew enough, yeah. and I like I knew the lore and I knew enough, but just the documentary does a really good job of like explaining the events that happened that day and a lot of the events I didn't know about. Like I knew he stole money, jumped out of a plane, and no one knows where he yeah. ended up. And the documentary kind of follows these people who believe that their family members are D.B. Cooper. Right. Uh, There's people that, like, on their dying breath said, I'm D.B. Cooper. Or people had identities that didn't really line up with who they actually were. And it was just a really cool documentary because it ends. Spoiler alert. Skip ahead 30 seconds if you don't want to hear the spoilers. (laughs) Uh, It ends with people being like, whoever is hosting the documentary is like, you know, I think part of it is people want to believe that whoever they are, their loved one is, they died with like a greater purpose than their actual, mm-hmm. just them dying and being gone. So it was like, it could be any of these and it kind of lays it all out there, but they're like, we'll never know for sure. And who knows why these people are telling us this. I'm more inclined to believe here's my theory on DB Cooper. He jumped out of that plane and fucking died. Well, there's, it also tells about a guy who scales the mountain where he jumped out. Yeah. He scales it every day looking for bones and, and stuff. It's been so long at this point. I mean, they're either... Been but they found some of the money. Did they? In a beach, yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, it's just so, it's such a cool thing because it's so unknown. It's kind of like the Zodiac Killer. Like, the fact that we'll never know is kind of cool to me. Did you see that they somebody decoded, they finally decoded his message and there's a typo in it? 
No. Yeah. He like misspells a word in his own <laughs> cipher. <laughs> what an idiot. Yeah, what a fucking idiot. Yeah. Or maybe that's just a way to try and, if he's still alive, he'll no, say something. I don't think so. I think it's because it, it's just like he flipped, like it was like an I before E rule that he fucked up or something oh. like that. So it's like a legitimate typo, yeah. <laughs> which is really funny. And the <laughs> cipher that people couldn't solve for years. Yeah. Uh, like <laughs> three guys in like a supercomputers finally quote unquote solved it and there is a typo in it. And I that's think that's hilarious. hilarious. Just way to way to kill all the mystique of the Zodiac killer. <laughs> it wasn't that smart. I mean, he got away with murder, but he wasn't that smart. He couldn't spell. <laughs> Fucking idiot. Uh, okay, uh, that's it for movies. You want to get in some TV? Yes, I do, um, because I've been watching a good bit of it. Okay. Um, so, Attack on Titan, right? One of the one of my favorite anime of all time is in its final season. And the girl I talked about earlier, Ashley, uh, I told her about it. She's like, I really want to get into back into anime. I'm like, all right, here's one you need to watch. She devoured it. Like within like two weeks, devoured the whole thing, caught back up. And like we, it's it's exciting to watch the final season with something like, especially anime for me, because I don't necessarily get to experience that with somebody. Yeah. So it's cool to be able to watch this really awesome show that in the, in the last season, there's a 16 episodes left. And they completely changed the entire plot of the show. And it's a very classic anime thing where they'll spend like, you know, 90% of the show thinking it's one thing. And then they introduce one thing that completely flips everything on its head. And it's, it's been a wild ride. It's the one anime I would suggest to people if they're, if they're curious about it to watch because the art style is beautiful. It's not super cartoony. It's, it's, it's not realistic, but it, it, it's got more of like a darker tone to the, the actual animation and the way it looks. Uh, it's, it's beautifully shot. And that sounds weird to say for something that's drawn, but the angles that they use and like the cinematography that they use in the show is gorgeous. It's, it's, it's way better than any like Holly, big Hollywood production would do from a cinematography standpoint. Uh, really interesting characters. Um, there's a lot of characters, but they're all super interesting in their own way. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's it's great. It, it's really it deals with a lot of really mature topics. It's not it's not kiddie in any way, shape, or form, other than it's animated. And I think pe- once people get over the fact that it's not a live action thing, it's one of the best shows ever. Yeah. Um. So it's in its last season. I think you can watch it on most streaming services. I know it's on Hulu and Netflix. I watch it on Crunchyroll. Um, it's usually out the next day in America. Uh, it's the one, it's one of the few anime I've ever watched, like that's concurrent with it coming out. So it's been really hard for me to wait this. I mean, it came out in 2005, 15. And so I'm getting now to the end of it and it's kind of sad, but I also want it to end as well. Yeah. So yeah, if you're, if you're curious at all, watch attack on Titan. It's really, 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 really good. Uh, it's got a lot of action, got a lot of really good drama, uh, really, really interesting storyline. It's good shit. Um, and then another one, another show I watched is uh, it's called Sweet Home. It's on Netflix. It's a Korean show that Netflix brought over as like a Netflix exclusive. They do that a lot with like foreign, specifically with anime and like Korean shows. They'll say it's a Netflix exclusive, but they didn't make it. They just they have the rights to to uh, disseminate it. Yeah, uh, essentially. So they've done that with a, a Canadian show, Slasher. Yeah, um, yeah, it's like Hulu with uh, Letterkenny. Like, yeah, that's a Crave TV show, but Hulu, Hulu original now. Yeah, it's a Hulu original. So, Sweet Home is interesting. Uh, I like I like. There's a lot of Korean stuff that I've ended up liking. Like uh, Snowpiercer is great. Uh, 
the same guy that did Snowpiercer did Parasite, one of my favorite movies I've seen in the past 10, 15 years. And Sweet Home is another, it's not by the same guy, but it has a lot of the same kind of like tension building and like character development. Like Asian storytelling is so much different from Western storytelling. They, they really, really focus on character development before really anything happens. And that can turn a lot of people off because it's like, oh, fuck, some, nothing's happening. But yeah. when stuff does happen, holy shit, does it happen? And Sweet Home is about, it's a, it's a zombie show, but not really. It's uh, it's basically everybody's locked down in this like big apartment building, and people are turning into monsters left and right. And they don't know how, why, or how it's happening. It's just really, really good. It's a lot better than I expected it to be. How many um, episodes? Oh shit! Uh, not many, like twelve. I think they're they were planning on doing a second season, but I haven't seen anything. It's it's gotten really good reviews and mm-hmm. like customer reviews, which is what you need for Netflix to make a second season. Or to to bring over a second season, uh, and they left it open for a second season as well. I, there's a whole like graphic novel about this that's already been done, mm-hmm. so it's not like this. The content's not there. They just need to make sure that people will watch it. Yeah, there are some things that are really bad about it. Like some of the effects just don't look really good at all. I mean, you could tell it's a high dollar production, but some like the best way I can describe it is it. It's like for the first five or so episodes, it's like they had four different art directors working on the show. It's like, Oh, I want the, you know, I want the monsters to be stop motion clay monsters. Like, no, I just want to do CG or no, I want to do this or I want to do that. Or I want to have a guy in a suit. It's like all the monsters look shockingly different. And it's like, this would be really cool if they just decided to do one thing or the other. But when you switch them back and forth, it just ends up looking sloppy and kind of bad. But that doesn't take away from how good the show actually is. It's a, it's a really fun, like, slasher, horror, like, thriller. It's, yeah. it's kind of hard to describe because they're all, th- they're all three the same. They all show up at some point. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's just really good. If you're looking for something, like, shockingly different, Sweet Home is a good good thing to look at. Something you said kind of reminded me i've been listening to some rewatch podcasts not i'm not a huge fan i don't like follow them intently but they talk about how different directors have completely different and i think that can play with even tv shows yeah. that are only 12 episodes long if you have a different director who's like uh that looks horrible i want to change it completely it can create kind of like a like a weird pace or even something visually. It's just visually. It's just because it, it looks like shit. Sometimes like it legitimately looks fucking terrible sometimes. Yeah. And I think, I think it's because they just didn't pick one style. I think eventually they settle on CG because I think yeah. it's just the, what looks better. But yeah, it's just, I don't know. So I have a few things for TV and then uh, we'll get into music and then we'll wrap up the show. Let's do it. Um, the vow on HBO is a wild ride talking about, um, it's like personal development. Have I talked about this already? No, I think I've seen this too. So it sounds familiar. So maybe you're talking about old Jarman memory. I kind of watched it week to week and I was interested to see. It was this guy who created this like uh, personal development where you could face all your fears. And it seemed like a really cool concept where it was helping people like professionally. And it was, Oh, yeah. We have talked about this before. I think okay. we talked about it on QCP before. So um, Yeah, I, I ended up finishing it and it was kind of underwhelming. Yeah. Uh, the, the episode seemed kind of stretched out. It kind of seemed like they had an agenda with the whole thing. And it kind of just, I don't know. It was, it was cool for what it was. And I think the, once the wow factor wore off, it just didn't need to be nine episodes long. And then there's yeah. going to be a season two. And it kind of just like put a bad taste in my mouth. Otherwise 
it was really interesting. It's it's always a cool look to look into um, cults and how you can kind of just get sucked in, and it happens to anybody. It happened to the girl from Smallville. Yeah, uh, she was one of the big ones in it um, with like this women only version of the cult where you're having a sex pact and they're controlling what you eat and like you have to ask permission to do things. It was just like really manipulative and it was it's it's easy to say like all that stuff happened in the 90s. You know, David Koresh, it's a thing of the past, but it's really not. It's, it's not. Yeah, it just takes takes different forms. It's yeah, crazy. and um the guy obviously is a super creep, Keith Ranieri. It's crazy. I still remember his name. And yeah. it, it's been off the air for a while, but it ended the season talking to him on the phone while he's in jail because he is in jail now. And he like has his side of the story because of course he does. Of course he does. He's a narcissist. But anyway, yeah. check out the vow if you're interested. Um, yeah, I think we've talked about this before on the show where these documentaries are getting to a point where it's like making him making a murderer ruined documentaries because that legitimately needed to be 10 episodes. Tiger King didn't need to be 10 episodes. Didn't, it didn't need to be more than four, but they, they stretched it out and it becomes not interesting. Like the Aaron Hernandez documentary is a perfect example of that. That first episode was so God awful that I just like, I don't care. I know what happens. Like, just, just tell me the story of what this, it should have been a a 2020 episode. It could have been an hour long. It would have been, that's all I needed. It just, I don't, there's no need to stretch this shit out for 10 episodes or six episodes. Just tell the story if in it, however long it takes. Yeah. And I think there's some, uh, ID like and, and investigation discovery. Yeah. They do a really good job of like compacting everything and like getting dramatic yeah, yeah. stuff. And it's just, it gives you the facts. It doesn't get, add a bunch of fluff and be rolled. So yeah. Yeah. Well, I, like, don't think about like, don't fuck with cats. That was four episodes. That was perfect. Like, it, it, and there was so much, to man, that. there was so much. And that was, that was such an interesting documentary. I didn't lose, like I fucking crushed that shit because it was done well. And it was, it was, it wasn't stretched out. I think if you, the likelihood of us going back and rewatching something, if it's less episodes, I will go back. Yeah. Like oh, the yeah. Vow, by the time I was done, I was like, I know everything and more than I ever wanted to. Know. Yeah. I don't care so much about, Jane and Joe and Dick and Tom and Harry here. Tell me the story of what happened. Yeah. Like, give me a few, a few like personal, t- like anecdotes here, but I don't need it. I don't need them. I've been watching a lot of documentaries, so I figure out things that I yeah. like and don't like, which I'm going to get into here in a minute uh, with the Tiger Doc. Uh, there's a new Tiger documentary. It kind of, they kind of snuck it under the radar. Yeah. My phone notified me on it about HBO Max saying episode one has been dropped about Tiger. And it aired on HBO this past Sunday. It's going to be every week on Sunday at 9 p.m. Now, this is something I think needs to be a few episodes. But I will say, just like the uh, last dance with Michael Jordan, there's nothing that aggravates me more than telling a story chopped time with chopped timelines. Sure. I want some. If you're going to do a couple episodes, make it like a linear, because you start getting forward into like. You get some momentum, and then it's like going all the way back to 1992. It's like we we had something going here. Yeah, and I get it that. Totally dejects me from from having interest. I get that. I, I I personally enjoy it if it's done well. Like I liked the way the last dance was done, but I, I certainly can understand your your viewpoint on that. It's like yeah, I, I just want to fucking see what happens. Like don't tease me with this and make me wait till next week. I mean. I think it works better for sports documentaries because if you're watching a documentary about the the bowls of the 90s. 
you're most likely a fan of the Bulls of the 90s. So you know yeah. what happened. Yeah. So I think that worked better in that instance, but I could see where it could be annoying to people that necessarily aren't a huge fan of Michael Jordan or Bulls. And we're just watching it for the documentary aspect of it. I think if The Last Dance was like a one-episode thing where it was a couple hours long yeah. and it did that where it was like going from his rookie year all the way leading up to his Like last a 30 season, for 30? Yeah, that would have been like a cool concept. But to do it over multiple episodes, you're like, okay, I... I, you lost me. Yeah, I, I, I don't know. I again, I liked it. We're, we're just not anything close to what you're talking about. I liked the fact that they had like a Scottie Pippen episode. They had a yeah. Dennis Rodman yeah, episode. Yeah. So they they kind of jumped back and forth that way, kind of showing where they came to the Bulls or what they were doing before the Bulls, and then jumping back to college and then getting back to whatever year they are in the main. It, it, so I get it. It is very like it's like jumping all over the place. So I, I get it. But anyway, Tiger Doc. Um, so Tiger Doc, uh, there's some. It feels a little exploitative because there's no one in actual. It's always like a friend of Tiger, a high school girlfriend of Tiger, yeah. and I can see why he's frustrated because it's like a bunch of people that knew him way back when, and they're just trying to like get their twenty seconds of fame. It kind of feels like the Aaron Hernandez thing, where it's like. I was gay with Aaron Hernandez. Yeah, so nobody, nobody cares. That. Nobody gives a fuck. First of all, that has nothing to do with these murders. Yeah, we'd, we'd hook up before school and stuff. But yeah, that, there's just a lot of fluff, I think. But I also am interested enough because I think besides like the big blow up with Tiger, I don't know a whole lot about him. Um, and there was a lot of things I might have been too young for, like him yeah, that's fair. calling himself Cablasian instead of being African-American. <laughs> it was really uh, interesting. And how, old, how old were you when that whole blow up with Elon happened? Because that was a long time ago. Um, that was mid-2000s, right? Yeah. So I was in junior high or high school. Yeah, so probably not old enough to really give a shit. Yeah. I just remember it kind of being a running joke. Like, yeah. you know, Tiger getting his car beat out with the, uh, the golf club. <laughs> yeah. was, you know. Be careful. I'm going to go tiger on you. Knock your windows out. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, it'll be interesting for me because I do love my documentaries and I just want to know a little bit more, but I hope it doesn't get stretched out too long. Yeah. I mean, Tiger's led, led an interesting life for sure. Um, the first episode focused on his parents, which I think was really interesting. Yeah. His, his parents were, you know, it was an interesting dynamic that he had with his parents for sure. Mm-hmm. So. Uh, Letterkenny season nine. Yeah, boy. It has premiered on Hulu as of December 26th and we're just excited to get new Letterkenny. Yeah, I was. Uh Oh, <laughs> let's go. I was let's excited go. to get new Letterkenny. Let's get into it. Here's the thing. I love Letterkenny, right? It's one of my favorite comedies of all time. I'd put it in my top five easily. And I was super excited for episode season nine because season eight was really good for the most part. I mean, there's there's duds in every season. It's not like like consistently funny every single episode, um, but that's going to happen in a show where it started as a you know a, a sketch show on the internet that they tried to develop like dramatic elements to and all that and yeah you know it, a lot of times it's just them sitting around and bullshitting anyway yeah and it's it's only seven episodes per season too so it's not like they have a whole lot of time to develop stuff and I think that's on purpose. I think Jared Kiso like does that on purpose. I think he keeps it short because he wants it to still kind of feel like an internet show. That being said, every season up till now has had some sort of main storyline that they followed. Like there's the crack and egg season. There's the, the hockey players going for a championship, uh, whatever, whatever the, the main through line will be the first season. It's Wayne reestablishing himself as the toughest guy in letter Kenny. So there's always something going on. There's the, 
the skids moving to the city and that whole thing. And that kind of sets up a lot of what happens in the show. A lot of it's, a lot of it is just the characters being the characters, but there's always some sort of storyline driving those hangout moments. Yeah. And in this season, there's not, there's really not, it just, it seems like a, it, they're just a lot of disjointed episodes. Like the main through line is Katie's spoiler, Katie's scorched earth. Um, which I don't care about, and nobody really should because it's just Katie having sex with a bunch of people, which she's done through the entire show. Yeah. So the, there's going through a breakup with a guy she knew was no good. Yeah, right. Like the whole scene where they're at the bar and she's talking about, "Are you in? Are you? Are you coming? Are you going?" That's a really cool scene, but she knew like like everybody's fucking somebody else. Like she knew that. I don't know. I just don't care about like. Again, another spoiler if you haven't watched this show. This dude gets the shit kicked out of him by all of Letterkenny. And they, like, the bartender, like, alludes to that in that scene I was just talking about. It's like, you'll have every dude in Letterkenny around the block waiting to kick your ass. And that's what happens. Mm. And then it's like, I just don't care about this breakup. I think part of it is, I think that is the, the, the through line for this season. But I also think normally when there's like a, like a not great season, that means that they record. I think they did enough for two seasons and there's going to be another season because I think they did that with season six and season seven and season six. I was like, well, maybe Letterkenny's dropping off a little bit. And then the next season was cracking egg. Crackin and I was egg, like, uh. that's one of my favorite seasons. So I think is he now? <laughs> is he really? <laughs> Can you hear us? Yeah. Cracking egg. The show's cracking egg. I'm bitch cancel. <laughs> Yeah, it's one of my favorite seasons of television, yeah. and I think the show has its ups and downs, and I honestly think it's on purpose to like to reward your patience a little bit. Well, here, here's I was talking with another buddy of mine about this, and I, I explained it that this season feels like it was written by a horny 14-year-old fan of the show. Because what they did is they just, the, every character, all the character growth they've developed over the last eight seasons, thrown out the window. The skids are there just to like chant sex. Like that that joke's not funny. Um, Derry is just kind of a stupid guy again. Like Wayne, all he does is have sex with Rosie. Like how many how many slow panning shots of Rosie's midriff do we need in one season? There's like two an episode. In yeah. It's like, I mean, yeah, she's an incredibly beautiful woman and I get it. But this season is just so incredibly horny. And then the last episode, it's like, it just feels like it was slapped on the end just to kind of give a resolution. Like there's this whole like uh, Tannis hadn't been in the season at all. And now all of a sudden she's doing this big release party thing. It's like, that's, that's something that would have been built up over time in yeah. the seasons before. And it just, it felt like it was just a bunch of incomplete episodes that didn't yeah. really fit with each other. And that's why I don't like it. Yeah. It, it's probably COVID factor too. I would like to think maybe, but you know, we're not going to make excuses for him too much. Yeah, I mean, be, there'll be another season. There's some there's some funny parts. Yeah. Um, the whole restaurant thing just didn't isn't funny. I don't care about those girls. I don't care about anything going on. I mean, it's set up like a one episode where they all kind of go to Modine's, but I don't care about it. Like it's yeah. just there's just nothing in this show. Like in this season, is set up well enough to make me give a shit about it. Yeah. I do like the second episode. We'll we'll move away from Letterkenny here in a second. Yeah. But I really like the second episode where they go and lecture the kids, and yeah. it turns out they were doing all the same. It's, like it's it's pretty true to life. It's fine, but again, in that episode, everybody's it's they're such they're caricatures of their character. If that makes sense, yeah. it's like 
it's just not funny to me. I mean, it's a it's a good episode, but it's just not it's not classic Letterkenny. As soon as I finished this season, I went back and I watched Holy Sheet, and I was like, "This is a fucking hilarious episode." Yeah. They, well, first of all, the dicks are a great addition to the show. They're so funny. The Mennonites. The Mennonites. They're so funny, and the, the, everything in that episode feels so good and so funny and so well written. Yeah. And then I went back and I watched the first episode of Crack and Ag, and I'm like, man, this this show is genius when it when they know what they're doing. It just yeah. it didn't feel like they were very cohesive. It felt like they almost jumped the shark in this one, and they was like, oh, well, these are what these are the jokes that people like. We better beat them into the ground so people keep watching. Yeah. It just almost feels like and I, it, this is stupid of me to say because I don't think this is what happened, but it feels like they they got too popular and they lost some of the magic. So yeah. I don't know. Hopefully, hopefully they're able to do this next season. I know they had to halt production because of COVID, and hopefully it's good again. But I just didn't enjoy this season as much as the other other ones. And I think part of it too is I was able to binge the entire series up until this season. So yeah. having it be kind of a dud season makes it feel that much worse. That's so. kind of how I was with season six. Yeah. Like I'd finished the first four or five seasons and I was keeping up with it now. And I think, I mean, maybe the next one will catch you by surprise. But yeah, hopefully we'll keep you guys in the loop of our letter. Kenny news. Um, that's something we've kind of just been keeping tabs on. Well, I followed Michelle Milet on TikTok, So yeah, that's a good, it's a good follow. Um, History of Swear Words on Netflix. If you yep. watch this. No, I've, I didn't even know it was a thing. Uh, Nicholas, it's hosted by Nicholas Cage. It's, <laughs> oh, I'm in. That's all you need to say. The first episode is hilarious. I will give him that. Uh, it focuses, each episode, I think there's four or five episodes, it focuses on a cuss word and the history of the cuss word. And the first one's fuck. And, of course, Nicholas Cage knocks it out. No, they, they blew their load too early. I yeah, know. I mean, fuck's got to be the last episode. Um, I'll say this. The first two episodes, pretty good. The first episode was phenomenal. Second episode, eh. And then it gets into, like, the last three get into, like, social commentary on what people think should be deemed appropriate situations to use the words. Sure. And that kind of rubbed me the wrong way. Like, it's a cuss word. You can't control when people it's say just it. just a word. That's my big thing, too. It's like, as you know, you've worked with me before, so you know how I feel about cursing. Yeah. And it is to me, as long as everybody is an adult in the room, Go fuck yourself. I'm going to say whatever the fuck I want. If you don't like it, grow up. Essentially, yeah. it's just a word. I'm not meaning any harm. It doesn't It doesn't hurt anybody. Curse words didn't exist in Christianity until the Puritans, who were too radical for, like, Protestants. Like, the, 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 <laughs> it's like yeah. the radical sects of Christianity said, nah, you guys are too strict. Get the fuck out of here. Mm-hmm. Go live in Denmark for a little bit. And then they're like, we don't like Denmark. Let's move to America. And so fuck the Puritans. And the, the, it, like, they didn't exist until literally the most strict form of Christianity came to America. And that's why swear words exist. That's why literally nobody else in the world cares about swear words but Americans. So Yeah. And it, it, it does get into some of the history, but it's a very minute part of the episodes. And I think... It could have been so much better. The first, yeah. If the first episode was the only episode, I think I would have really liked it. Here's the thing. All I need to watch something is to know that Nick Cage is in it because I love that <laughs> He's guy. He's got like a, an Eminem beard right now oh, where great. it's like dyed black. He could do whatever he wants. He's yeah. just the goofiest, most lovable plugs. motherfucker on the planet. Remember uh, in National Treasure how he has like the receding hairline? Yeah. Uh, that's gone now. Great. <laughs> He's got hair plugs. And he looks great. Perfect. <laughs> but yeah, it's... 
worth watching at least the first episode, and I was notified of it because of TikTok. So there you go. Shout out to TikTok. Big Mouth on Netflix is also a wild ride. Yeah. I don't need to spend a lot of time on it, but it reminds me a lot of like old South Park. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, it's one of those things I haven't gotten into, mainly because a lot of people have told me to watch it. But I know Nick Kroll, and I know his humor, and I know I can only stand it for a small amount of time. I thought the same thing, dude. I was like, Nick Kroll. Like, I, I think he's so. I think he's, I think he's hilarious. Um, Fabrice Fabrice is one of my favorite characters of all time. I love Fabrice Fabrice, but again, I know what his, his humor is. I'm going to tell you, I'm going to show you a clip after this okay. and you're going to fucking die because it just kind of shows the like horniness of being a teenager. Yeah, I know. I, so, it, I know it's relatable and I know I would like it, but he I has just, a monster that follows him and tells him to jerk off all the time. Great. It's, it's great. So anyway. That's enough of Big Mouth. <laughs> we'll, <laughs> we'll wrap up with some music. Uh, Kevin, let's go first since okay. I've been talking a lot. All right. Uh, yeah. So this is a TikTok heavy episode. Let's go. I discovered this artist through TikTok. Yeah. Uh, Tones and I. Um, I know you've heard the song Dance Monkey. Um, I'm sure you. If I don't know if you know what I'm talking about, Dale, but if I played it for you, you know what it is. It's a great song. Yeah. Um, it's all over TikTok and. Uh, it, Tones and I is really, really cool. Like I dug into her stuff. She does, hasn't even released a full studio album yet. She has an EP out, uh, but she's only 21. I think she's really? from Australia and she started like she was doing something in retail. She lost her job and just, she just started performing on the street with like a drum machine and got discovered that way. And it's like blowing up and she's got this really, really cool, it's it's weird to hear a voice that you haven't heard before in music because there's always she reminds me of of, of some people like I wrote down she's got a little shades of Amy Winehouse Macy Gray and Sia like if it's I like had a ras- raspier woman voice yes so she's got a little bit of a growl to her voice but she also sings cleanly most of the time so her musical vibe is more like a Sia or like a more of like a uh, electro pop kind of because she you know she works on a drum machine she right. literally goes out and does gigs with a drum machine and a microphone and there's something really cool about that to me she was like legitimately discovered on the streets which i think is always cool it always makes me like an artist a little bit more it even <laughs> it shouldn't matter if their music is good but i it it makes me respect her a little bit more and knowing that she's so young and making such a cool sound is also really cool to me uh, and like I said, Dance Monkey is clear is easily her best song, and she's got some stuff that is also really cool. But it, I, she's got a voice that kind of stands out above the rest of female vocalists right now, and I really, really enjoy it. So if you want to get into a new artist who's up and coming and is going to explode really soon, even more than she already has, Tones and I, T O N E S and I. She's great. Oh, yeah. Give her give her a listen on Spotify. I really, really think she's going to be like huge in the next couple of years. Tones and I. So a few things for me. I'm on a Dance Gavin Dance kick that I cannot come down from. I don't know if you've listened to Dance <laughs> Gavin Dance. No. Uh, they're, they've been around for such a long time. I've heard, I feel really like I've heard the name before. Either you talked about them or I've heard them before. I was never really a huge fan because they're, they're put in a category of post-hardcore. And I was a huge fan of their old lead singer back, way back. I'm talking early high school. They're, they had a lead singer, Johnny Craig, and they always had like a real good vocalist. And then they have an unclean, like a screamer. 
And what always bothered me was like the guitars are so kick ass. Mm-hmm. And then sometimes I just feel like the screaming didn't really match with the vocals. And Dude. like, oh, God. you know, that that threw me off. But and I once Johnny Craig left, I kind of just, OK, I'm done with Dance Gavin Dance. They're still making music somehow. That's cool. But their last three albums have been the Billboard Top 200. And so it kind of caught my attention when I saw someone like head banging on TikTok to uh, a Dance Gavin Dance song. I was like, who is this? I clicked on it. I was like, no way. That's Dance Gavin Dance. And dude, their guitarist is easily one of my top five favorites of all time. Yeah. Just how prolific. And their music has gotten so much better. And it's just a lot catchier. The choruses are great. And like the the screamer, I think, has kind of found his voice without making it too like, oh, God, he's screaming again. Yeah. You know, Um so yeah, I'm on a dance game and dance kick, and the last three albums have been great. That being said, scared the you, shit out of me. <laughs> Diesel yawned. He said, "That's enough dance game and dance." Oh man, I was. Well, I want to say one thing before you move on, and that your point about like the instrumentals in a band being so fucking kick ass that you have to like you just have to grit your teeth through like some really shitty vocals that is my life dude listening to metal because there's so many bands that i love like they're they're guitarists they're drummers they're bassists they're so fucking good and so tight and then they just got this shitty screamer over top of it i'm like god damn it go away like just or at least like learn to sing with some tonality right like just over the like, yeah. that's what it sounds like to me right and i get it like i get why people don't like metal and i try to show them a track and it's like uh, that i know the musical element of it is far beyond the shit that they normally listen to and it's just so intricate and good and just fucking kick ass mm-hmm. but it's the you can't get past like disjointed vocals and I, it's there's so many bands out there like that like all that remains is one of those for me like they're mostly clean singing but I don't know. There's just something about like their guitar. Their both of their guitarists are amazing. Mm-hmm. Their drummer's amazing. But there's just something about their vocals in that band that I just can't get over. And that's a lot of metal for me, and it drives me nuts because yeah. I can't get into bands that I like. Well, let me give you a caveat. If you don't want to listen to their um, vocals, they now have all their instrumental albums. <laughs> they put instrumentals for all their albums on Spotify. I don't know if I like that either, though. It goes so hard, dude. I'm sure I, it does, but I don't want to listen to. I don't know. I feel like you, if you're going to make an instrumental, I don't know. I just I feel just like, like that kind of takes some of it. It doesn't feel like a full song anymore. I can kind of fill the words because I know a lot of the words sure. now. But to work out and stuff, like I just yeah, need I can that see kind that. of momentum, and it just like they have such good momentum to their songs. I'm going to show you one before you leave. Um, but yeah, dance, Gavin, dance. If you can't get past their vocals, they have a really they have songs with. Uh, almost 100 million listens so they've they're gaining a lot of traction it's cool that they're still getting more popular as time goes on 15 years is kind of way outliving most post-hardcore but uh last thing i got is cotton candy by youngblood you listen to this nope uh without saying too much it makes me want a bone (laughs) It's such a good song. I don't know. It's a good. Pop, it's a great pop song, and yeah. um, you know, there, there's sometimes that a good pop song with a good guitar and a good hook. Mm-hmm. You know, That's all you need. it's exactly. Uh, I want to get stuck between your teeth like cotton candy. Such a good little hook. Yeah. Kind of strange. Still kind of cool. Yeah. This cotton candy gets stuck in your teeth and kind of just dissolves, doesn't it? Yeah. 
but that's what could happen to the relationship if that's all you wanted out of it. <laughs> Boom. Fair enough. Overthinking the pop song. That's right. That's that's uh, <laughs> that's a, a recipe for failure. <laughs> uh, but yeah, that's that's all I have for music. You got anything else? Uh, nope, I don't think so. Um, but I mean, that reminded me of Watermelon Sugar and my newfound love for that song. Yeah, I, I, I avoided it for the longest time. I was like, no, nope, this song's too good. It's undeniable. Shit's good. Sorry. Can't fight it. Can't fight the toe tapping. Well, what a melon sugar. It's just, oh man, good. It's good stuff. Yeah. Uh, so anyway, we're going to wrap up the show. Thanks for coming on, Kev. Uh, it was a good one. Yep. I had a lot of fun. Yep. And uh, we're going to try and do this again in February. Tentatively. Tentatively, yes. Tentatively. Tentatively. <laughs> you and, uh, know that just reminded me of. So every now and again, so I'm sorry. This is the last anecdote I'll have, and then we can end the shit. Um, but there's a there's I used to watch Japanese game shows all the time on YouTube because they're fucking crazy. Yeah. There's this. It's uh, there's a show of like where comedian a bunch of comedians get together and do dumb shit. It's the where Silent Library came from. Yeah. It's the same group of comedians, but one of the things they did um, is they were in like a classroom, right? And they showed them like these instructional videos. And it was this guy, it was like learning how to count in English. And it was a Japanese guy who did one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. And then he didn't know how to count past ten. <laughs> so we would get, they were like, count to ten. And they showed him counting to ten. They're like, okay, count to twenty. And he would go one through ten. And he would go, he would get to twenty and be like, ten and ten. 10, 10, 1, 10, 10, 2, 10, 10, 3, 10, 10. And it was so funny. And they did this all the way up to 100. And the, the caveat of the game is that the guys couldn't laugh. Like, if they laughed, they got hit with in the back with, like, a bamboo stick and got to, had to leave the game. Oh, <laughs> but just watching this guy, because, I mean, you know what the joke is. Like, once you get to 50, but it's still funny to just watch this guy just, uh, he's trying so hard to remember what, what 50 is. And he's like, uh, Tan, 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 tan. <laughs> it's, it's, it's so funny. Dude. What's that called? I don't even know. I have to look. I don't even fucking know. I used to know what the show was called because I used to watch clips from it all the time. But uh, we'll see if I can we'll find it. We'll put a clip of it on, on our uh, show notes. Oh, there you go. Yeah. Oh, man. Holy shit. So funny, dude. Anyway, yeah. Yeah. We'll Technically, we will be doing <laughs> an episode next month. But, you know, if we're not, you'll see us when you see us. And uh, in the meantime, you guys can go check out Off the Beaten Cleft. Yes. Uh, we'll, we'll, be we'll be back on that shortly. And if you want to reach out to me and Kevin, um, at dhyden15 on Instagram and Twitter and kcar79 on Twitter and Instagram for you. You got it. So we'll see you guys soon. Bye.